Welcome back, podcast lis- listeners, to Unrealistic Expectations. Hello, Britton. How are you? Hello, Mama. I'm good. How are you? Good. So for those of you that don't know us, I'm Kimberly, and I am Britton's mom. And we decided to create a, a podcast around unrealistic expectations because sometimes talking to my children, all of their uh, thoughts and downers are sometimes around unrealistic expectations. So we thought, hey, we'd give it a shot and talk about it from a mother-daughter point of view. But to get started, I just kind of want to talk about Britain's weekend. So Britain, I believe you went to Keeneland this weekend? I did. Kristen actually sent me the pictures today. We uh, went for Kristen's birthday. She's turning 24. And we getting old. I know. Don't even talk about it. I'm going to be 24 soon. Anyway, we all went to Keeneland and tailgated and um, got pizza and just drank all day long (laughs) and celebrated Kristen's birthday. So that was super fun. Um, On Friday night, uh, I actually went and had sushi with my friends, Andrea and Thomas. They have been married a little over a year now, and we try to get together every so often Andrea is really busy. She's actually in dental school. So shout out Andrea. She's really smart and I'm really proud of her. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I did this weekend. Sunday I did some laundry and cleaned up a little bit. So nothing too exciting. So one thing about Keeneland that I heard was uh, President Trump actually was flying in the Le- into the Lexington airport, and Keeneland is right across from the airport. So I heard like once the races were going were like over, they told everybody they couldn't leave for like two hours because they had to get President Trump from point A to point B, and they were worried about security. Did you get caught up in that crazy traffic? Uh, yeah. So this is what happened. We stopped, so we went home. Jackie drove drove us all back to Kristen's house, and then um, a couple hours later is when I had left to go home. And the I was going the back way home, and Pasadena was closed. And I was like, what in the world? So I went out to Nicholasville Road, over to the bridge, closed. And I went like three other ways, and everything was closed. I could not get across New Circle. I couldn't get underneath New Circle. Nothing. So, And I had no idea why. And then on Monday, because we left Keeneland pretty early, Monday is when my coworker told me, yeah, President Trump's plane. They closed off all of the overpasses and underpasses on New Circle so people couldn't, like, harm the president. I thought that was interesting. I wouldn't have thought about all the bridges. Yeah, I know. I mean, the security that Trump has is, or for any president, honestly, is pretty incredible. Um, yeah, because you got those stupid crazos that will sit over a bypass and just pull out a gun and start shooting so yeah it's uh pretty crazy so well that seems kind of sucky that you got stuck in all that traffic but i guess you didn't have to sit at keeneland for two hours with no horse races going on well it took me an hour and a half to get home and it took me 10 minutes to get there the in the morning so <laughs> sounds ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, it was you kind of sober up, I reckon. <laughs> so, did you see the Iowa State halftime show with the dinosaurs? 
Yes, it was Jurassic Park's anniversary or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like their 25th anniversary. And so the, I don't, some dancers or whatever decided they were going to put on the uh, blow-up dinosaur costumes. So, but there was one dinosaur in the middle that I believed was hilarious going through it. I mean, he is, I think he was like on his own universe, like way back in the days of the dinosaurs with his dancing. But it was pretty funny to watch. Um, But shout out to them for having courage to do that because I know I couldn't. Well, I mean, you're in a dinosaur costume. You can't tell who it is. Good point. You're masked up. So, I mean, you could be like anything and everything in that freaking costume. So, that is a good point. So, we do have uh, Peyton here, which is my son as a special little guest. So, Peyton. So, how was your weekend? You got to watch a boxing fight. So, you want to tell people about your boxing? About my boxing, I, I I literally just now start getting into it after I watched the Logan Paul fight and the um Jake Paul fight. So yeah, it was kind of interesting. So I decided to start boxing. For you listeners out there that don't have children, because I'm sure if you do have children, you will understand who Logan Paul and Jake Paul is. So of course they're huge YouTubers, and I believe uh, to maybe raise money, they fought other YouTubers that uh, were brothers, but they actually live in Europe, right? Is that correct? In, in London. Yes. In London. So, uh, which was an, a really awesome fight. It was like ten bucks, and there was like what six or seven fights uh, against YouTubers. Yeah. It, was, it was way better than the. The Conor McGregor fight and versus Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, much better than yeah, that one, wasn't it? It was that fight was just. Eh. Yeah. So, uh, so Peyton, um, Peyton has actually his own little story. So uh, we'll have Peyton back on again. But he uh, had his kidney removed in uh, December. So uh, Mama and Papa Bear really watch him carefully when it comes to contact sports. Um, and so, you know, right now he's just taking boxing classes. So I guess it's all right if he gets hit in the head. I guess maybe that's our lesson to oh, yeah. him. But and body shots, I'm just going to have to be careful with body shots to yeah. the left. Yeah. And, and podcast listeners, we're not really uh, letting him get hit in the head. So they're all about punching bags at this age, and that's probably where we'll leave it. But Peyton is a huge basketball player. So he's getting ready for basketball uh, tonight. It's uh, the first practice for this <coughs> new team that he has. Bless you, ma'am. So, uh, well, thanks for joining us, Peyton. Uh, You're welcome. All right. So, I want to do a special shout-out to Nike, who signed their first professional athlete with cerebral palsy. So, for those that haven't heard the story, uh, Justin Gagos is a junior at the University of Oregon. And he was born with cerebral palsy, and he walked with a walker for, you know, most of his childhood, and uh, he worked really hard through physical therapy to learn how to walk without it. And he uses a shoe called Nike Pegasus uh, when he runs. And, um, well, he was running a race, and his shoe fell off halfway through the race. And what? Uh, and he just picked his shoe up and kept running. And so his teammate was like, dude, you got to put the shoe back on. And what his teammate doesn't really realize is, you know, when you have cerebral palsy, your hands don't quite work like other people's hands. It's a disability that they have. And for them to be able to put on that shoe, it would have taken him many, many minutes that he would have lost during the race. But the friend finally convinced him, stop, put your shoe on, and he lost valuable time. And so his uh, teammate was actually talking about it with a reporter, and it really, you know, hit home to Nike when they picked up the story like, hey, wait a minute. 
there's that's not what this should be about. So they actually signed Justin to act to uh, help them with a shoe called Fly Ease, which um, has an innovative lace system and zippered heel um, that helps them put the shoe on a lot of easier. So shout out to Nike on that. Did you hear that story, Britton? I did. Well, I heard it from you when you told me about it. (laughs) So it was. Yeah, it's really awesome. It was really emotional uh, watching Justin get the uh, notice that Nike was signing him, um, but it was really, really cool. So shout out to Nike for that. I, I really lo- love when a company can jump in and do something for uh, disabilities uh, for children. And I believe there is a uh, clothing line out there, and you might want to Google it, but it's not Jumping Bean, but... Um, Anyway, they are making uh, special clothes for children that have disabilities. So, for instance, um, like the zipper, like there's a lot of uh, children with disabilities that they kind of shake a little bit with their hands and it pulls on the zipper. And these clothes actually zip up on the back so they don't... um, so they don't hurt themselves, uh, you know, when they're out there playing and different things like that. So uh, shout out to that company, too. So that was pretty exciting um, to hear that other companies are coming on board with uh, disabilities. You know, really, it's 2018. I mean, there should be so many, you know, other companies uh, that should be going down that path that are that are huge. Um, so shout out to them. So uh, did you find who that was? Do what? Did you find out what clothing company that was? Uh, No, I did not. I'm sorry. Right, we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. So, uh, other big news out there, Meghan Markle is going to have a baby. Yes, I'm super excited. I'm not going to lie. I was sitting here looking at the pictures. Of her pregnant? From the news story today. Yeah. What, what was the news story today? Well, like the, well, yeah, I was looking at the news article. Oh, about her being About Meghan Markle. Yes. I know. She's, I mean, she's so freaking cute. Anyway, we were talking about this before we started the podcast about how uh, people referred to her as Meghan Markle. And I was like, is she the first woman to not take on her husband's name? But then I was thinking, well, what the heck is Harry's last name anyways? I don't even know if I know what their last names are. No, that's a royal, like, rule. You go by, like, your first name. That's it. You are... Princess Diana or Queen Elizabeth, that is your name. They don't really do last names. Which is pretty crazy to me. And I was just sitting here, and you're right, Princess Di, like, who, why would, why do I not know what her last name is? It's about to drive me nuts. But I feel like they should know what their last names are. So I guess maybe they don't even know what their last names are. Who knows? (laughs) Guess not. Guess not. So... All right, so podcast listeners, um, let's get rocking and rolling. So our topic of the week is going to be the biggest unrealistic expectations is that people shouldn't have unrealistic expectations. And uh, an article that I was reading on this, was ta- it was talking about it's actually part of our human experience, but that doesn't mean that it's healthy for you either. And the reason why it's really not healthy for you is because it really can chip away at your relationships and it shuts down your goals and it really sets you up for failure. But I was really thinking about this in my life and you know how it impacts me. And I mean, it really started out on, at an early age for me. So for those of you that uh, don't really know Britain and my story is, you know, I actually had Britain at 16. And I can remember my aunt coming to me and saying, well, you're not going back to school, are you? Why would you go back to school? And I was like, well, well, what do you mean? I mean, you got to finish school. I mean, that's just something that you have to do in order to get a job. And 
I just remember it's like, oh, well, you can't do both. Well, not only did I have to raise Britain and go to school, but I also had to work because I had to pay for diapers and food. And, uh, you know, when I when she uh, when I actually went to high school, I had to pay for a babysitter because I didn't get government help. So it was like, you know, my thing was I wanted to go to high school because that's where all my friends were. That's the only time I got to see my friends was in high school. So I think those naysayers out there, sometimes you just got to put them to the side and you got to know, you know, your your life, your true self, and you just got to move forward with it. And even if it starts out as an unrealistic expectation, I believe that you could actually turn around that unrealistic expectation and actually meet it with a lot of work. I don't think that you can just say, poof, here it is, unrealistic expectation, and have it come to fruition within a week. I think sometimes there's a lot of work that uh, you have to put into it. And Britton, I know you've talked a lot about your uh, what I would consider a unrealistic expectation because I've heard so many times you say, okay, everybody's always said you go to school, then you go to college, you get out, you get this great job and you make all this money and you get it and then you're going to get this big old house and and really it just left you with a lot of debt (laughs) is what it left you with. You ain't kidding. (laughs) That is, yeah. No, you don't make a lot of money. You pay a lot of money. And then you're like, oh, I have $3 and I don't get paid until Friday. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. But Mm -hmm. we all know that you have found a pretty good job, uh, you know, where you're working for a stroke educator at the hospital. Um, And even though you're low on the totem pole, you are only 23, out of school for a year, and you can see your future. You can see yourself growing there. So all of the work that you did put into it, I think you can at least see come to fruition in some time. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm so lucky because there's not another job out there that I could have gotten at least this easy, at least um, in my dreams, that would put me in the positions where I am now as far as, you know, the people I'm meeting with, the contacts I'm making, you know, it's a good, it's a really good job. It is a really good job. So she, you actually get to work with like neurologists, right? Yes, I work with a lot of neurologists and, um, you know, different CNOs and stroke program coordinators over Indiana, West Virginia, and Kentucky. So it's really fun because we get we support them and we get to see them, you know, achieve the goal of certification or whatever it is. So it's really rewarding at the end of the day because we help them provide better care. And and kind of going away from a little bit from your career life and my career career life is also I think uh, going more into the family life. Sometimes it's you know unrealistic expectation that you know, your mom and dad would be together. So Britain's always grown up to where her mom and dad were not together. But it was always interesting to me at the age of eight, nine, ten, that she always thought we should be together or it was hard that we weren't together. And I think I never understood why that was for the simple fact is you never knew us together. So can why was it that you felt like it was that way? Um, I don't know. I always, you know, I went to a Christian school. 
And, you know, they always say, you know, your mom and your dad, they're married and blah, blah, blah. And that's how it's supposed to be. Or seeing my friends, having their parents together, uh, things like that, I guess. I just, that's what I thought it was supposed to be. I don't know. And so, but why did you think that we should be together? I guess, I don't know. I don't know know how to re-ask my question, but, you know, you never really saw us together. So to me, I would think it was like the norm. It's kind of like my dad always worked second or third. So I never saw my dad except on the weekends. Um, and But I never thought anything of it. And maybe it was because my parents were married, so I knew I was going to see him on the weekends. Or, I don't know, maybe that's why. Like, he never came to my softball games or basketball games. I mean, he never did any of that. But I never looked at it, like, in a different light. And I guess, you know, you kind of have said before, you know, I wish my dad would have done this or I wish my dad wouldn't have done that. And sometimes you get hung up on that even, I think, at 23. Um why do you think? Oh that yeah, is? definitely. That's I'm, I can't really explain it. It's just you want a certain thing, like as far as a relationship with your parents go, and you know when it's not picture perfect, you still want it to be. At the end of the day, I still want a close relationship with my dad. At the end of the day, I still you know love and respect him. But I don't know. It's weird. I can't really explain it. It's just. I know it's I know it's so weird it, it, but that it really goes back to like it's part of our human experience that these are all the things that we want. I mean, a lot of people want a lot of money or want to win the lottery, which is sometimes a unrealistic expectation in life. Though Britain won the lottery of $30,000. Shout out to Britain. Yeah, and then I paid school with it and bought a crappy car (laughs) (laughs) and she had a good car to begin with that's that's the whole my life sucked at that point (laughs) (laughs) that's the whole like that money burning a hole in your pocket Hey, I, I did, I did convince Britain for a year, like, it was, like, my money, too, and, like, she couldn't spend it, which was kind of funny, and so, like, anytime she kind of wanted to, like, spend money, she would, like, almost ask me, and I'd be like, no, you can't spend that money, come on, girl, and she would listen, and I still don't even know, but then she learned her lesson that really it was her money, and she could do whatever she wanted to with it, which kind of pissed me off a little bit. But uh, because you said I could get the car, you told me I could buy it. I know. See, there you go. She, she was so sweet that she, even when she was at college, she still listened to mommy most of the time. And I thought that was really sweet. You're a good dude. Girl. I still listen to you now. I know <laughs> it is kind of funny because she's been dying. So, you guys, uh, my husband has tattoos. So, I'm, it's not like I'm against tattoos, I just feel like you should be a certain age to get a tattoo. Uh, to, so you really know what you want. And so I let Britain get a UK, University of Kentucky, uh, tattoo where you can't really see it. And then a couple years later, she's dying to get another one. And so I let her get one again. 
not where you can really see it unless you have a bathing suit on because I just feel like there are still so many people out there that don't accept tattoos and in her career world I didn't want anybody to look at her hand or her arm and be like "Ooh, she's got tattoos she must be a rebellion I don't want to hire her and there I think now tattoos are so kind of like everybody has them it's not as big of a deal but to me it's still a big deal so I've always told her she keeps talking about wanting another one I'm like if you get another one you can never ask me for another penny ever ever again so Britain's like okay well maybe I won't get one right now until I can convince you to let me get one but she um there's Ellie in the house uh, Ellie is uh, Britain's baby, which is, of course, a dog, um, which is all she can handle at the age of 23. But uh, So that's my whole tattoo story on that. But we'll get back to our unrealistic expectation. Um, so, you know, another unrealistic expectations we have growing is, you know, when we grow up, we feel like everybody should like us. And I, I don't feel like I was ever really that way. I think I was always the quiet, shy one, so I didn't really care if anybody liked me or not. But I remember Britain being kind of, you know, really outgoing. And, you know, it would, she went through the phase of one day she had like a million friends, couldn't keep up with them. Everybody's asking her to go everywhere. And literally, you could talk to her in 10 seconds, and she literally had no friends. Everybody hates her, and she's ready to die. So, you know, that's another piece of kind of unrealistic expectations is learning how to manage relationships. Knowing if people are mad, though, it'll blow over and get through it. Um, do you remember that happened in Britain oh, on, yeah. on like a few thousand occasions? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll still go through that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, it's just at a different like phase in life, I guess, because, you know, some of my friends are starting careers. Some of my friends are, you know, bartending. Some of our, some of my friends are in professional school, so everybody's busy, and no one really has time to, you know, hang out or do anything. Or if we do, we're on opposite schedules. So, you know, not seeing my friends a lot, you kind of go through that. Oh, I don't have any friends. Oh, I don't have anybody. But you have friends. They're just busy. <laughs> Well, so it's something that I continue to go through, to be honest. I know. And like if she was like her mother, she would not even give a crap. <laughs> she would be happy to be alone. <laughs> but that's what four children will do to you. So <laughs> But um, another uh, thing is if you always have unrealistic expectations, it's almost saying like you will never fail. And I thought that was kind of interesting when I read that sentence because Thinking that you would never fail, to me, is almost heartbreaking because I think I fail every day of my life. There's something like I either wanted to get done, I didn't get done. So to me, that's a failure. Uh, I went to go shopping and I was only going to spend 20 bucks and I spent 50 bucks. To me, that's a failure. I was going to call my mom today and I didn't make it because there were so many meetings on my schedule. That's a failure. So having all of these expectations you know, can really set you up for failure. And I, I know, you know, Britain's even held me accountable to it. She's like, you haven't called me in two days or you haven't came to see me in a month. And, you know, she really, you know, holds me to that standard. And I mean, that's a failure that I have. And I really try. I'm glad she calls me out on it because it makes me 
think about it more, you know, when I do have that half a second, it's just sending a simple text or something to somebody just letting them know, hey, I don't have time to talk, but I still, you know, I love you. Um, So it's just, you know, it's okay to fail. And I think we fail every day. Um, But, you know, we just make it through and learn from it. And I think if we're not learning every single day, you might as well not be here on earth. Because I think, to me, I love to learn. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know how to follow that up other than you don't, you shouldn't think of them as failures. You should think of them as opportunities to improve. Good point. Good point. Cause I feel like failure is so harsh. Like I don't think that you fail me when you don't call me for two days. Like I just think it's, I don't know. I feel like you're a little harsh on yourself. I know. I probably am a little bit, but it'll be okay. So opportunity for improvement. Not failure. I like it. Like it. Like it. All right. So, uh, podcast listeners, just hope you got a little bit out of that uh, unrealistic expectations. Just know that um, try to set your standards at a certain way, and uh, and it's okay to fail. We'll get through it and uh, learn something new from it. So, we'll go. We'll jump right into our Fit by Brit segment. Shoot for it, bees. Hello, everybody. So this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about glute activation. So everybody knows that the trend right now is big booties, right? So I know, right? Yeah. Anyways, so everybody just goes to the gym and they just jump and they squat. They squat, squat, squat. Well, I mean, it's gonna work, but wouldn't you rather it work better? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. want to work smarter, not harder, right? That's right. Get that booty I'm lift. lazy. That's right. So I've already posted on our Facebook about this, but there is a glute band out there by Susie B Fitness, and she is awesome, by the way. She is on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all that stuff. Anyway, she has a glute band right now that's really awesome. It's not going to roll up or snap and break or anything like that. It's really thick, good material. But what you should do with it is you should put it on like over your legs and do some squats or some side steps or some donkey kicks or things like that for around five minutes before your workout. And you're really going to feel the difference when you go to squat. You're going to feel it in your butt. You're not going to, I mean, yes, you're going to feel it in your quads and everywhere else, but you're really actually going to feel your butt working. It's because they're warmed up and they're ready to work. So if you just take those couple minutes before you actually start your leg workout, you're going to get a lot better results in a rounder booty. So it's like a pre-workout. Yes, like a pre-pre-workout, right? Um, But... Also, if you don't like lift weights or you don't feel comfortable going to the gym and lifting weights, you can do things with the band at home to help lift your booty up too. As far as, you know, squats with it on or kickbacks or there's so many things you can YouTube a bunch of them um, of workouts that you can do just with the band. So you don't have to go to the gym or something like that to get use out of it. Awesome. So yeah. Awesome. That's my tip for the week. I like it. I like it. I'm going to try that out. That'll be awesome. I need to get me some bands. I keep saying I'm going to do it, and I haven't yet. So I'm going to get me some bands. Well, thank you, Britt, by Fit. 
So next thing we want to roll into is um, a little bit of sports. So for you guys that haven't been following us, we follow University of Kentucky sports just on a very high girly level, I like to call it. Um, So we've been talking football because we're very pumped about our football team. So we do have Vanderbilt this week. Holla! So all the families coming in from North Carolina, we're all going to stay in Britain's one-bedroom apartment. Holla, holla. Blow up air mattresses. Shout out to them. And and so we're all going to go to the Vanderbilt game, which will be pretty fun. So uh, and we are five and one. So excited about that. Ready to make it six and one. And uh, we did move up in the yes, rankings. We I'm, have never been a football school. Yes, ever. Uh, we re- we actually moved up in the rankings from like seventeen, I think, to fourteen or thirteen. And we didn't even play last week, so that was kind of fun. Um, maybe we shouldn't play this coming up week, and we'll move up even more. So, what do you think about our football team, Peyton? <clears throat> they're they're pretty good. I think last week we we I was disappointed. I really was because I expected us to beat Mississippi State. We're a better football team, and we're just, we're just better than them. Our quarterback didn't have a good game. So you're talking about Texas A&M that we lost to? Yeah. It, we should not have lost. It, yeah, we just had a tough game, I believe. But, um, you know, you can't win them all. Even Georgia lost to LSU. So, uh, so anyway, shout out to LSU. Um, so, but now we need Georgia to beat Florida in order uh, because we beat Florida. So that means if it came to a tiebreaker for the SEC East, we would be above Florida um, in that instance. So, holla to them. So, but we did have um, Big Blue Madness. So, for those of you that don't know about Big Blue Madness, it's basically uh, how Kentucky kicks off their basketball season. So they have an open practice, but really, it's more like a concert where they introduce the women's team um, and the men's team. And so we have a lot of excitement rolling up into it. I believe on the AP poll, we're number two. Some of them were one, but I think most of them were in, uh, were number two ranked. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do was when we played in the Bahamas in August, we looked extremely well. And I think we even looked better than what our coach thought we were going to look like. And I can tell you, Coach Kyle is, looks like he's walking on his toes, like he's walking on air. He's so excited about this team. But one thing that I would love for you podcast listeners to actually uh, look up is if you go to UKAthletics.com, there's a video out there called um, Dream Big Video. And it's a really touching video. It actually has a little boy sitting on his bed with a basketball. And you can hear over in the background kind of like naysayers. And we talked about naysayers earlier about, hey, you can't do this. You can't go to a big college. You'll never make it to the NBA. And you know what? That little boy takes his basketball and he goes out there and he just keeps practicing and keeps practicing. And you can see he'll stop and think about it for a minute and listen to those naysayers about, man, come on, you ain't never going to make nothing of yourself. Um, and th- But he just keeps practicing and keeps practicing. And at the end of the video, it actually shows him stand- standing beside a Kentucky basketball player. And it says, your name will be called at the University of Kentucky. And I thought that was a really cool video. So for you guys out there, that love videos like that definitely look that up so it was pretty awesome did you get to see that one Britton? I yes I actually watched it after you mentioned it 
uh, late last weekend, I think. So it, it was it was pretty awesome. It's pretty heartwarming, um, and I think it's really what, especially when you have a child, you know, that is playing basketball like Peyton. You know, you really want them to not give up on themselves because it doesn't matter how tall you are, how big you are, how small you are, how fast you are. If you put in the work and you truly put in the work, um, then it it will come around. Um, those skills will come to you. It'll be like second nature. So I always uh, push Britain, Britain out there. Uh, Peyton out there to to do that work. So, so the last thing we want to talk about is we want to close out our um, our segment out with the hero of the week, um, and it's something that you know my husband Greg came up with, which I thought was a fantastic idea. And the the hero of the week, I want to give a shout out to a lady named Mackenzie. So she actually did a random act of kindness. So she was at Starbucks, and there was a uh, she paid for the lady's coffee behind her. Didn't think too much about it, you know. Just want, she just wanted to do something nice for somebody. Hopefully, made their day, and she pulled off. Well, the lady that was behind her followed her to her house and come to find out that this lady lived two houses down from Mackenzie. So this lady wrote Mackenzie a really sweet letter, and she had talked about that she had recently lost her dad, which also was her babysitter when she went to work, and they just weren't prepared for her dad to pass away. And so they hired a babysitter and... You know, the babysitter didn't show up that day. You know, they were just having all kinds of issues. And then, um, and she was just having a bad financial time. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Starbucks and treat myself. Even though maybe it's not money that I had, I still just feel like I need to treat myself because it's just been a long four months for her. And then when she found out that, you know, her two, three bucks of coffee was paid for, it just really made her day. And uh, and she told that lady it was that she had tears in her eyes when she pulled away from Starbucks knowing that somebody made her feel good that day. So you just never know about how those little things will impact others. Um, I was I was tell, actually telling Britton uh, the other day that, you know, I'll usually once or twice a week if I have to go to McDonald's, I love getting a Coke from McDonald's. I always, I will try to, you know, buy the person behind me's uh, meal. And I always look behind my in the rearview mirror to like look at their faces when they like try to hand the money, and they're like, "No, no, no, it's paid for." And they're like, they get this like glossed over look, like they're high or something. Like, what is going on? Do I know that person? Uh, why did they do that? And but to me, I know that after all of the confusion in their head is gone, they really stop and think about somebody did something nice for them. So, and I hope it just really makes their day. So, um, I always you know, think about, you know, it doesn't have to take money to do a random act of kindness. Uh, We actually, my neighbor has a a three-year-old and a four-month-old baby, and she was talking about she was in the uh, grocery store, and she went through the um, self-checkout lane, which with two kids, why in the world is she going through self-checkout? But anyways, I didn't even question her because I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and she was talking about like her bottles of water fell open and there's water going everywhere. And she's got like a three-year-old running around, the baby in her hand. And this poor lady picks up all her stuff and walks her to her car. And she told Brooke, hey, you're you're having you know, you're being a good mom. Like, don't ever think that you're not. So I thought that was really sweet of that lady to actually, you know, do that for her. But uh, And it made her stop and think that, hey, you know what? You know, I am a good mom. So 
you know, just because I have, I'm having this crazy time of my life, you know, at the end of the day, when I put my children to bed, you know, I can stop and think about I am a good mom. So I thought that was pretty cool. So what do you think? Very Reese? sweet. Yeah. Wasn't that very sweet? Yeah. And, and when she said, you know, um, you're a good mom. It's okay. You're a good mom. Yes. Like, you know, your baby's running around. Like, your other baby's screaming. Like, <laughs> no, I, I don't feel like a good mom right now. But thank you. Like, that had to put her at some kind of peace. Yeah, and knowing Beckett, he was probably, like, taking all the gums out of the bags and throwing the gum everywhere. And Because he's a little wild child. He's, he's so sweet, but he's a wild child. So, all right, guys. We're going to wrap this puppy up. So, next week, you're going to want to join Britton and I because I think we're going to do a podcast with the whole family. So we'll have um, Clay and Austin, which both go to the University of Charlotte. Um, So I know they have some very good, interesting um, discussions about school that we'll be able to talk about. Um, And then we'll have Peyton, of course, back again with us. And then, of course, Greg, my husband. So look forward to that. We'll see where it goes. We uh, may get fired from our podcast if it does. turn south on us with all these men but uh but i think it'll be a good time what do you think b i think it'll be fun i'm excited yeah, me too. All right, guys, don't forget to follow us on our social media. So we have um, a Twitter account that's at Unrealistic Pod. Our Facebook's up, which has many cool things on it, like Britain's Fitness Tips, um, which is um, Unrealistic Expectations is what you look up on Facebook. Is that right, Britt? Yep, that's right. And then we also want to hear from you guys, some different suggestions or topics for the show. So me and Britton are just getting started, so I believe this will be our third podcast. So we're always looking for suggestions or ways that we can make this podcast a little bit better. Um, You can email us at uepodcast at yahoo.com. So, all right, Britt, we finished it up. Number three, baby, here we go. All righty. All right, have a good night. Thank you, you too. Hi.